You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio, begins right freaking now. You bet it does. You're welcome, everybody. There's Ira. There's Corey. I'm Jeff. Thanks for... Uh, Listening to the program. Those two guys work for War Chant. Sometimes I do, but mainly I work for ESPN. And now we're talking to you because of our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! Corey's favorite part of the show. We get it out of the way early. What's, uh, what's, what's the last uh, version of the Register Sausage you've tried, Corey? Um, I think the last time was the regular short links. Hot, short links, just the regular one. I haven't had the andouille in a while or the jalapeno cheddar in a while, and I'm starting to get a hankering. It's I been so long. jalapeno cheddar for Bryce over the weekend. There Did he go. like it? No, he loved it. He likes hot stuff, so we're good to go. Yeah, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the misnomer about the hot sausage is it's not really that hot. No, not that but bad. It's, it's a good, got a good flavor, and, uh, yeah, the jalapeno cheddar is a good uh, – Choice. We've been doing the Andy. Kim's been uh, cooking up little gumbos. We've been going with the Andouille. But uh, if you haven't tried it yet, you need to go try it. Uh, Registermeats.com is the website. You can order it. If or if you if you're lucky enough to live in the in the, the heaven that is North Florida, South Georgia, the Panhandle, right. over in Alabama, then God's country. Yes, then you can uh, go get it at your local grocer. It's expanding. It's going to be coming to more locations coming soon. But uh, also registermeats.com is a website. They'll ship it to you. It stays fresh. They put it in a cooler with ice. It's uh, awesome. First, uh, first-rate quality. The best sausage you'll ever have. And they're great go, supporters of Seminole Headlines, so go support them. Help support the people that support us, people. That's the way Correct. it works. That's what you got to do right there. All right. I love this basketball team more all the time. They'll get an easy win tomorrow against suck-ass Miami. 
He's an embarrassment to the league. Uh, but once that win is over with, we got the big game against Corey's boys rolling out there. Roy's got them playing hard. They're dropping nearly 100 points on Louisville over the weekend, raining down threes. Corey, you got to be pumped. Your hero is back fighting yeah, hard. I'm telling you, that's going to be the game of the year in the ACC. These two heavyweights, uh, just well-coached teams, teams you can cheer for and root for. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the Miami thing is crazy. Like, So Lights is out for the year now. He, but the thing with Larinaga, he, he every year, every week, he's like, well, we think he might come back. We think he's, he's getting closer. And then yeah, finally let's, yesterday, let's he's like, yeah, he's secret. done. He's not any good. It doesn't matter if he plays. Well, he's, he's not he's, any good. He's a lot better than what they've got. And okay, but it's been a three-month ankle injury. Something yeah. tells me that the uh, the diagnosis on the ankle might be from the uh, the NCAA and the FBI and whoever else has been investigating that program for the last few years because they've been shorthanded. I mean, when's the last time Miami wasn't shorthanded in basketball? It feels like five years. I don't know. Was was the uh, I mean, it's been, it feels like five years since they've been going through this. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the time. It's just crazy. Every year they have three guys out, and this year they have six guys out. They played with uh, – I think they had six guys they played against Georgia Tech. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, and then the Wong kid, who's their best player, hurt his ankle and didn't play in the second half. So, they, you know, I, I didn't realize against Florida State they had a walk-on that played 17 minutes. I mean, it's it's just nutty. So, uh, yeah, that should not – you would not think that would be a tough W for Florida State since they have twice as many players as Miami and they're all a lot better than the Miami players. I say, better players, better coaches, more depth. Everything about the program's better. Shouldn't be much of a matchup, even if Miami were at full strength. But we should circle back to the pit game because, as you guys have talked about and, Corey, you wrote about and we all kind of celebrated, you can win a game like that on the road in the ACC and have your leading scorer not score – you can have those two guys, he and Barnes, combine to make four baskets, and it really doesn't matter. Somebody else is going to beat you. Raekwon Gray's always going to be good. Many other guys will chip in. Raekwon Evans down the stretch, Malik Osborne, you name it. Coming at wave after wave after wave. I thought the, uh, you know, one of the, watching the post game. we've talked about watching the post game. coaches' press conferences this season has been fun in the Zoom era. Uh, after the pit game, I went back and watched their player press conferences. So I got to hear what Justin Champigny had to say, and it was pretty enlightening. He, he, he was talking for a while. He was really, you know, complimentary of Florida state and said, you know, they felt like they played their best game that they could play and they just came up short. But he said, um, he said, yeah, man, down the stretch, it was just like gray and Barnes were just throwing the ball at the rim because they knew they could get the offensive rebound and put it back. And that's exactly what they did. And that's a, that's a dimension that it's like a little, it's another little wild card that they can throw at you that's just free points. You know, the possession hasn't worked. We're not getting a good shot, but oh well, we're gonna get off the floor faster than you on our second jump, and we're gonna we're gonna get the put back. And that's again one more thing that they've added to this repertoire that makes them a really good team. And I did like your you mentioned yesterday on the Jeff Cameron show, uh Corey's still doing it Monday yep. through Friday. Monday through Friday, still doing it. Still and, crushing uh, it. You made Are a good you sure? comment. What's the feedback you get for it usually? Are people few people listen every now and again? I get lucky. A couple people tune in, and I guess that's enough to carry the day. Okay, good. Yeah. Congrats, that's... man! You're doing it. Yeah. Are you Are you the dean of ACC sports? I mean, how many How many people have been doing it day in and day out in this conference for twenty plus years now? Are you the uh, dean? Yep. I am the dean. It's not close. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's true. That's a, we're in, we're we're we're. <laughs> Surrounded by greatness. The only, here, the guy, the only the guy. I wouldn't say greatness. We're surrounded by longevity. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm a little bit like the Don Sutton of sports talk radio. Yeah, you'll like, get into the hall, but yeah, you're yeah. going to accrue a lot of stats because you you're good enough not to be fired. Yeah, like I, mean, I said, Don Sutton of sports talk radio. Yeah. He was never really that good ever. He just pitched for 50 years. Three, yeah. three. 300 victories, uh, 12 yeah. wins a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what, um, but no, you, the, the comment you made yesterday, which was that we're allowed to look past Miami. Yeah. Like, I, cause I know in the, as you say, you know, this game is ridiculous. Florida State's not going to lose. There's, there are people listening to this going, oh, no, we can't look past Miami. Oh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. We, us three can. Like, yeah. the fans can. Yeah. I think the players can too. Come on I now. I don't think they have to be focused in any way, shape, or form. Miami, yeah, they're gonna. This will be their one last effort. Their, their one Super last Bowl. hurrah. Yeah, their <laughs> Super Bowl. It's, it's their final four. It's their chance to cut down the nets. I like to say, Jeff, that when FSU and Miami get together, it could be in tiddlywinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can throw the well, records out the window. Yeah. Well, we just. But yeah, what it was. Uh, the I, I thought the pit game was uh, almost as impressive as the Virginia game because yeah. in the tournament in March, you're not going to shoot. 55% from three every game. Right. You're not going to be incredible offensively. Your MJ will have a bad game um, or whoever else might have a bad game. But for, you know, for you to win that game, never, I don't think they trailed at all in the second half. Didn't trail no, at all. They, like the, they, they led for 39 and a half minutes of the game. Yeah. So with your leading score, not doing anything with Barnes missing, I don't know, eight point blank shots right in the paint uh, and still being able to win pseudo comfortably. I mean, it was a game, but you know, it was it was a comfortable win. It seemed like that's a really good sign to me moving forward because you're not going to shoot threes great all the time. You only got one three in the second half. They changed the way they played. Their first, it felt, I felt like their first five shots were threes. They missed them all, and then they're like, "Well, this is dumb," and they just started getting in the paint and getting fouls and and making their free throws and and making missing layups and missing dunks, but making them too. And they they can beat you in different ways. It's not just the Golden State Warriors a three-point barrage all the time. They can beat you by being by being physical and just out-rebounding you. Yeah, and they have, you know, it's it's actually, we, we speculated a few weeks ago, but I think it's just pretty clear now, Raekwon Gray is their best player. He's better than anybody else we could name um, in terms of college basketball. Uh, obviously, Scotty Barnes projects as a better player in the NBA, and he'll get drafted higher and all of that. But as it pertains to this team, I think he's your most consistent and best all-around player is Raekwon Gray. And he never he never misses a day. That guy is always doing something to better this team. Rebounds, steals, he defends. He'll get dirty in the paint if he has to. He can shoot it. Uh, I, he makes his free throws. There's really nothing he doesn't do for this team on a nightly basis. Other guys have bad games. MJ Walker, you know, I mean, I don't expect him to score zero, and I know he's battling tendonitis. But MJ can kind of disappear for stretches at a time. Raekwon Gray is somebody you can depend on all the time, and then you just got to find one or two other guys to step up their game in the moment, and they have so many options to do that. They've got to be hell to try to prepare for, as we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, who's the top of their scouting report? Like, if you're the other team and you're scouting Florida State, who's the name you say first? Is it Raekwon? Is it Scotty well, Barnes? Is but, it MJ? But the problem, even if it is Raekwon, the problem is what are you taking away? It's not like he's a guy that just drives or a guy that just he's a spot up shooter or he's a guy that, you know, he's got a great uh, left hand or something. There's not like there's not something you could just say, OK, we're going to take this away from Raekwon Gray. He can beat you in a lot of different ways. That's why I think he's kind of special. He can get to the line. He's shooting well from the line. Uh, he can shoot the three. Uh, you have to respect it. 
and then he he can take off the dribble. So I mean, there's a lot of things he and then he's so big, he's so big and strong that even if you're if you want to man him up, he can just overpower you. So uh, you know, I think that's the reason it's funny. You know, I was thinking like in the post game press conferences, like we get Leonard. It should just be a given now that we're going to get Le- Leonard and Raekwon because he's <laughs> yeah. there, he's he's coming every time because he's always. I mean, it seems like every game he's scoring 16 and 10. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, too, because I know we're all locked in and we're paying close attention to each possession, partly because it's a fun team to cover and they're winning games. But also, you know, we, we, we have to talk about it. You have to write about it. We have to expound upon it, you know, the next time we're on the air. But Raekwon, I think, a lot of times kind of quietly stuffs the stat sheet. Like, I think if you're just talking to the average fan watching at the bar, if you could watch at a bar or – uh, if they're casually viewing, they wouldn't they wouldn't realize as they look up the dude sitting on thirteen and nine with eight minutes to play. You know, like they, I don't I don't think they would really realize that because it is in so many different facets that he affects the game. So with a three point shooter, for example, you know if a guy's raining threes, he, he gets your attention pretty quickly. Yeah. And if there's a slasher that dunks and finishes around the rim a lot or above the rim, you recognize that guy. But when you're a little bit of a jack of all trades and you're kind of plotting in the way and, and he's a big man who can move i understand i don't mean to disrespect him but obviously he's a big burly dude he's not known for quickness i don't think it really hits you until after the game and you look at that stat sheet again and you go jesus my man was 18 and 12 tonight what's all, what's also cool is that there was a stretch in the middle of, there was a stretch in that game where they were kind of sputtering offensively and then Wyatt wilkes just it's a three bams yeah. a bams a three and it's like yeah. That's the thing about, you know, it's just, it's, it's, and it's Malik Osborne hitting a jumper. And then it's, you know, it's, you know, Balsa, you know, when he's not in foul trouble doing something. So that's, that's the, back to Corey's point, you know, they're, they're, I don't know. We could talk about Gonzaga. We could talk about Baylor, some of these teams that are dynamic. I don't know if there's as many teams that have so many different things that can step up at different times. Um, And again, I'm not saying they're going to win the national title, but, but I wouldn't bet against them. Um, really against anybody just because of that, they got to be such a hard matchup. And then they're a hard matchup at the regular season. Imagine playing them on a, a, a Sunday after playing somebody else on Friday or a Saturday, yeah, Monday, scout, something scout, like that. Scout, yeah, yeah. Seminole Headlines, Audi Seminole, ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, so is there, as we get to this point of the season, and we look ahead, and obviously I do think, all jokes aside, I like to make fun of rolling out there, Roy, and they've had to battle this year, but he has found a way to get them to start to play hard, and they're playing to the best of their ability. And he actually gave Florida State a bit of a tussle here, obviously, in Tallahassee. I know Scotty Barnes missed that game, but they did play pretty well against Florida State, and that was a hard-fought game. That's the game we've all circled now, right? I, I'm, like, pumped. I'd like to tailgate Saturday, even though it's a road game. Like, that's the game right there. If Florida State wins that game, they're going undefeated the rest of the year in the conference. They're going to win the ACC for the consecutive year, uh, for, for the second consecutive year in the regular season. That's that's what's on the line. I mean, what? so how, how's that going to work? What if they lose one of these next four and Virginia wins out? But they're not. Okay, but if they did, well, does but Virginia not. win or the conference? Did. Well, I mean, go, I think it goes by win percentage, right? Yeah, so, go back to so that would be Virginia because they yeah. play more games. But yeah. Virginia could lose a game. I mean, it's not like they're yeah, no, it's just the whole thing's goofy. Like, go ahead if you win it all. There's no if you win the next four. There's there's no I, question. Like, I get, it. I agree, I agree with you. I, I agree with you that it's goofy, but that's why it's so good that Florida State did win the ACC regular season title last year because that takes away the goofiness to me. 
Like, right. That validates that you can't just say, like, if Florida State had never done it and this was the one year and they right. played four less games, then I'd be like, okay, whatever. But, but they, this would be the second straight well, and year. And also the little thing about beating Virginia by 100. Right. So I think that those two factors matter greatly, obviously. And then I also think that they are going to win the remainder of their games if they beat North Carolina. That that's they're not losing to Notre Dame or Boston College. So they would that, have to lay an egg against but Notre I mean, Dame. They, really they can't have to lay an egg. Yeah, they can't lose to Boston College, I don't think, but they they would have to lay an egg against Notre Dame, I think. Yeah, I I don't see it. I mean, I guess they I mean they could. It's college just, basketball. Man, they, they, yeah. Notre Dame scores 82 points on them every time they play. Literally every, even both games last year. Yeah. You know, it was like 82 to 81, and then Trent Forrest hit the shot at the buzzer. And it's Notre Dame. They aren't going to guard you, but they're going to make threes. So that that's a wild card game. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, what they're playing for in that game, if it'll even matter. Um, because, yeah, if Virginia loses again, then Florida State has. It just, what yeah. bothers you is that Florida State should essentially have a two-game lead on Virginia. Because they, they have one less loss, and they beat them head-to-head. So they own the tiebreaker. But... Virginia will have played more games, so maybe the tiebreaker doesn't come into play if Virginia finishes, you know, fourteen and three, and Florida State finishes twelve and three. Yeah, especially, kind of especially when you consider the games they lost. I mean, FSU, a couple of the games that they they you know they they likely would have won the games that got uh, taken away from them. Duke is probably the toughest of those, but the way Duke was playing at that point, I think Florida State yeah. uh, wins that game as well. So yeah, Florida State could be sitting there. With still three losses, but 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 a few more wins. Um, I think you pulled a Clemson, and if you finish, well, so Florida State's what now nine and two in the conference. So if they finish twelve and three in the conference, and Virginia finishes fifteen and three in the conference, I still say you claim the ACC regular season title with a little uh, with a little Clemson asterisk like they have how, in the football stadium. How about you just not lose another game, guys? They don't have any games left. Just beat North Carolina. You're not losing another game. Okay. All right. Hey, man, that'd be I neat. Mean, just just well, to the point here. And even if, again, even if they did lose to North Carolina, I still think there's a chance because yeah. I don't. I'm not sure Virginia beats Louisville at the end of the season. I mean, well, that, I don't think, yeah, we broke we broke Virginia. The secret's out. Virginia, like everybody's like, oh wait, Virginia's not very good. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's like, right. That's what Florida State does. <laughs> Watching the Duke game was fun. There you go, Coach K. Go get you a W, baby. Coach K's got him playing hard, Corey. That's wonder, the uh, definition of addition by subtraction, huh? They lost that kid, and they're a whole different team. Yeah, it really is. I, 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 like, I think Ham now is at the point where he should send like, like, like text message out of boys to text messages to like Coach K. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nice win tonight, Coach. Yeah, to the lesser teams in the conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like Roy gets a win. I saw that win, Roy. Good win for you, buddy. Good job. Send it just like that. <laughs> a chiding text in that tone. <laughs> yeah, it's like when uh, reporters ask Nick Saban about another coach getting fired. Now we can ask Leonard, like, well, what do you think about, uh, you know, Jim Christian getting fired? <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, that's a, that's a tough for our business. I don't understand it, guys. You know, Saban gets all incredulous. Like, I don't what, – what do y'all want? It's like, dude, they're trying to keep up with you, dummy. You keep winning yeah. 11 games a year. Leonard, did you see Coach K got Duke to win two in a row? Your thoughts on that? Well, he's got to be proud. Those are big wins, big wins for that program right now. You know, we've all seen them struggling this year and a bit of of an embarrassment, a bit of a step back. Them and North Carolina really have been in the same boat for some time now. So it's good to see some of the veteran coaches, you know, kind of on the brink, uh, get some wins. When you're trying to build a program, guys, these are the wins that matter. He could go into that whole spiel. These are the wins that matter. Like, I remember us a few years back. 
Uh, those wins, those wins are big when you get them. You, you, you guys, those wins. You guys probably don't remember this, but we were at a point in this program where we 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 had to just enjoy a win yeah. over a Louisville yeah. or something like that. You know, we, mm-hmm. you know, it's, times change, and you gotta you know you gotta hang on to what you got. I do think uh, it's still amazing to me, and I and I, I gotta think it bothers him. Like on the ACC coaches call on Monday, the ACC coaches teleconference, you know, Roy Williams shows up, and it's like. 50 reporters trying to get in and ask him questions. Uh, even Bennett at the end, you know, Coach K. And then Leonard gets on there and there's like, you know, three of us. You know, I mean, there's other people listening or watching, but it's just, that's got to be frustrating. Because now again, you'd be two years in a row where you didn't just like have some nice wins. You had the best record in the ACC two years in a row after they expanded to add Notre Dame and Syracuse and Pitt. And and you're still kind of when he goes to the ACC kickoff or Operation Basketball next year, he's still going to be sitting there with a table with less people than half the other schools in this conference. It's but just that's weird. That's why he should wear a shirt that says "Back to Back." Right. You know, yeah. As he sits down, back it just back says ACC "Back to Back." Chance. He doesn't say anything else. Just "Back to Back" is all he got on right there. But don't you think so? Next year, obviously, they're going to they're going to lose Scotty. Uh, they're going to lose prop, maybe MJ, maybe Raekwon. Who knows? It's going to be a different team. But don't you think now Florida State has finally reached that level where even though people aren't going to know they're everybody on the team, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt and be ranked like 13th preseason? Well, don't you think we finally no. reached that? History says no. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I'm not sure why you're so convinced of that. Well, I mean, they lost, they lost two lottery picks. In school, most schools don't do well when they lose two lottery picks, especially like one like Florida State. But now that they've even over after that, yeah. But now if, they're ranked eleventh and they're nine and two in the conference. I think now people, I, I really do think this year has been the wow. What again? Okay, we get it. We get it. I really do think like I, they're six and Andy Katz's. I, I don't think they're going to be forgotten now. I think well, here's what. The, but but the talking points are going to be: you lost MJ Walker, a first team All ACC guy. Raekwon Gray might be a first team All ACC guy. The you know. Scotty Barnes, a lottery pick. Um, I mean, they're, 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 then it's going to be, well, how could they overcome that? And so I just but, think, you know, North they're Carolina not going be- North Carolina was terrible last year. They had a good recruiting class, and they were ranked ahead of Florida State with nobody coming back that was any good except uh, – I don't, I can't remember their, their big guy. Um, and, but they got the benefit of the doubt. I think Florida State is there now where, like, even <laughs> if you have questions – I'm telling you, I want to why, bet. Why, why do you? Yeah, we'll bet. Well, why? Why, why yeah. this year is it magically going to change? Because like, you're not going off of anything that you've seen. You're just you feel like they they're at that. Why were they not there last just year? Just because they sustained it, I guess. He's saying they, they, they sustained uh, it another year. That happens. It's like Gonzaga. Gonzaga wasn't Gonzaga until like 2006, and well, all of a sudden hey, it's like, uh, what in the world is this? Hold it here. We can carry this over for a second because we actually I'll skip ahead. We did get this exact question. Uh, by a listener on Twitter, and, and I'll read it early just because it is pertinent to what we're talking about right here. More Seminole Headlines in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, so we were asked on Twitter, uh, what premise explains the behavior of AP and coaches poll voters who in February of the past four years decided to acknowledge what FSU basketball is now under Leonard Hamilton, but are still unable to do so in November. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it's just another year of sustainability. They, 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 people didn't know that team last year. They weren't flying under the radar at the end of the year. Everybody said that they're a real chance to win a Final Four. They're ranked fifth in the country. 
So they had earned the the respect and the recognition of the team. And then the next year, they're not even. I think they're ranked twenty one to start the season, twenty two to start the season. But again, they lost Trent Forrest and two lottery picks. I don't think any of us. At least I didn't think they were going to be what they're going to be fourteen and three. I didn't see that coming. So, but I now I do. Now it doesn't matter. I've, I've, I'm convinced completely. Like it doesn't matter who they lose. They are going to be really good again the following. Well, yeah, but that's you cover Florida State. I mean, I just don't think I. You're not. I don't think you're seeing it through their perspective. I think they're going to go into next year and look for the reasons why Duke's going to be back to Duke and Carolina's going, and Syracuse is going to be back to Syracuse and Louisville's going to be. I mean, I just think that they're that's they're programmed. They're hardwired. I just don't think a couple of years is going to change that. We'll see, but I just don't. There's nothing really. You're pinning that on like logic, and that's fine. I just haven't seen anything that that shows me that's going to be. Well, the case. hey, the great minds, Ira, they can look ahead. They can predict the future. They they prognosticate a little bit. I'm telling you what's going to happen. So because my mind works differently. Partly what we're overlooking here is the fact that, and maybe this wouldn't have happened this year, had they got to play the damn tournament and gone to the Final Four. Uh, Florida State didn't get to benefit from a postseason with all of the people who don't cover Florida State watching them soar into the Final Four. You know, again, if the, if you see this team winning in the tournament again, as they had the previous three seasons, and then – cruise into the final four and really kick down the door, then I think you're more apt to say, well, look at what's going on in Florida State. Maybe then you pay attention. Oh, yeah, they're getting Scotty Barnes and MJ Walker's coming back and Raekwon Gray should take a step forward. And that Balsa kid looks like he may be pretty good. You know, like maybe they would start to do that, but they didn't get to see us even play an ACC tournament last year. So yeah. that's that's pretty frustrating. You know, if they, if they go far in this year's NCAA tournament, it'll be another opportunity for talking heads to say, and oh, by the way, they have a top four class coming in next year and a transfer from Houston who all he does is score. So, you know, like they're, they're going to see that and start talking about that, and it may enter the national dialogue. Maybe not, but, but perhaps. I think it will. And I, I mean, again, I think they were 21, 22 in the country to start the season this year, at, even after the thing they lost. So it's slowly, it's incremental. But I, I do think that next year, if they finish out this season strong, you're, no matter what they lose, they might be top 12, top 14, and then it just it keeps feeding itself. I will say this, when you think about recruiting classes, I don't know what they're ranked in, in the recruiting class rankings now. I, I think top two or three. Yeah, it's one of the top, top two or three. But that's without the best transfer in the country being included in that, like the best available transfer. If you would, if you put Caleb Mills into that recruiting class, a kid that was a preseason conference player of the year in a real conference, well, they have the number one recruiting class in the country coming in too. And if Raekwon stays, which I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I think we're speculating. We have no real knowledge that he would leave or not leave. But if Raekwon stays, both of them, I guess, could te- technically stay. Uh, that you're talking about, I think they could be preseason top ten. I mean, what are, it'd be the first time they were preseason top ten since Sammy Cassell and Bob Sura were around. Yeah, Jeff. don't you think? Don't you think uh, too that Balsa will be considered a pretty dominant force going into year three? No, like, I, I don't think people. He's gonna he'll average seven and six or whatever he averages now. I don't think people around the country will will know that name as as much as they should. Yeah, uh, foul trouble plagues him all the time, but. I, if it didn't, they should because he's athletic as hell and he's already showing that he can take strides from the perimeter. So Dude, I, I'm not. I would. I mean, I, you know, again, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank on several of those guys we're talking about definitely being here. I mean, I just 
Balsa's an intriguing guy at the next level. Raekwon's a super intriguing guy. I think it's probably, I'd say it's more than 50-50 he's going to go. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, and we'll, you know, Raekwon Evans, maybe he'll stay, but. You think uh, Balsa's gone? I think there's a chance, dude. There's, I mean, he's, he's, first of all, he's a little bit older. He went to several schools. He's not, uh, you know, his dad was a professional basketball player overseas. It's not like, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, he, he's, he's pretty, he's, a, I mean, again, like he's not, in a, he's not counted upon to be the a dominant force, but I think there's a lot, he's done a lot. I think that's going to intrigue people. So we'll see. I mean, I hope, you know, you'd like to think he's going to stay, but I just, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't bank on any of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. It is hard to know. I mean, I would have never, you know, there's only 60 spots though that you can get drafted. Uh, and they really do a good job with their players. They don't, I can't, in the last few years, there hasn't been one that made a mistake. Um, that, that went out when they shouldn't have. Maybe you could say Cabin Gelly, if he comes back and is a little more dominant, he goes higher than that. And he'd actually be on a team where he could get off the bench. But other than that, they all make, when they leave, they leave for good reasons. And when they stay, they stay for good reasons. So they'll get, Balsa will know pretty much where he'd go before he'd declare. Same with Raekwon Gray, I think. Uh, they'll give him good, they know that they're, those coaches, like those coaches told Jonathan Isaac to leave because he didn't want to leave. Those coaches will give those guys all the uh, information to make the right decision. Um, there are only 60 spots, though, and I don't know that, I don't know that you look at Raekwon Gray and say, yeah, that's my first-round pick. Not right now, but you could. Uh, I love the guy. Yeah. I love the kid. I love the way he plays. Um, he's not, people want to compare him to Draymond. He's not Draymond. He could be, maybe, but he's not Draymond right now. But I don't know what another year does for him. He's having an incredible year. So these are all conversations they'll have, I'm sure. But the the bigger picture thing is, no matter who leaves, yeah, I do think they're at a point now where they're they're reloading, and and I don't, but I think that's going to take some time for people to, to see. I just don't think that that's even one or two or three or four years um, before the national. I think they're going to, uh, you know, I think you're going to hear the same stuff about what Florida State lost, but then when you talk about other schools like the Dukes, and they're going to talk about what they're bringing in. Yeah, and I just think it's a different perspective. Yeah, but that I mean, they're bringing in a, a Duke type yeah. class this next year, so that'll yeah, be that'll that's, be the one difference. That's the difference now. They're but, not discovering people like Vassell that a lot of people overlook. They're bringing in kids that everybody wants. I agree. I agree, but not not. I mean, when Duke brings in those guys, it's top ten players. I mean, Florida State's you know they're 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 bringing elite players, but you're talking about top fifty, um, and they're it's great. I'm just saying it's a little different than what Duke's recruiting. Uh, yeah, which is why Duke and North Carolina and some of those other schools should be ashamed of themselves. Like, that's why I call them rolling out there, Roy, for Christ's sakes. It's got nothing but top 20 players. Year I in brought year it up. Like, how we're old enough to remember when the only thing Gonzaga was known for was John Stockton. Like, they weren't, they weren't on the national radar. Didn't they beat Florida one year in the tournament? And it was like an enormous upset, I feel like, in the late 90s. And that's what started their run of what they are now but we live in a world where this tiny school in spokane washington is just straight up one of the three or four best programs in the country how did we get to that place it took a long time they had a lot of uh you know they had the upsets early on that kind of grabbed everybody's attention but it wasn't until they started doing what we're talking about florida state having to do which is go to the sweet 16 year in and year out go to the elite eight yeah. year in and year out you know make a final four when you start doing that year in and year out then you firmly established yourself as one of the preeminent programs in all of college basketball. And as good as Florida State is right now, and as much as they sustained the last four or five years, they have not had that run to the Final Four. 
that stamps their place for everybody who watches college basketball. They have gone to the Elite Eight, obviously, and they came close to going to the Final Four. And we all think they had a real good chance to go to the Final Four last year, but they were robbed. They were robbed. I think that stunted the national exposure. Uh, they would have. I, I think that team had a real good chance, and unfortunately, we'll never know. What would be the equivalent in college football of Gonzaga? Boise State for a while. Yeah, but it's been, yeah. I guess that's a good point. But Boise State, like, actually, yeah. I guess they don't have tournaments, obviously, in football. But Boise right. State being what Boise State was for two decades. I mean, this has been going on for too long. I'm kind of tired of it. Like, I liked when nobody knew what Gonzaga was. I also think they're also, I think they benefit from the lack of competition. So they're, they're steadily racking up. You don't think their, the big wins over St. Mary's and the like are? I mean, it's just, and so, like, you know, so they're, they, it's, you know, they're always going to end up with, you know, it's like FSU baseball in the Metro Conference. You know, it's like, you know, winning 50 games a year or 60 games, whatever it was. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, it's not, I'm not knocking their program, but, but when you have some postseason success and then people look at the overall record is always 28 and three or whatever, then it's yeah. like, it's like, man, they're amazing. But they, you, if you ever watch them, if they're ever on TV, it's never a good game. Almost never. Uh, I, I do not watch past December, not yeah. past the preseason stuff. Yeah. 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 I watched, I watched them the other night. Um, and I was laying in bed. It was like 11 15 and I was flipping around. I couldn't sleep. And I thought, Oh, maybe this would be a good game. They were up by 18 with like seven minutes left in the first half. I went click. Well, we're about done here. This yeah. is yeah. I, it's I just wanted to see again the actual personnel because people talk about them right now and they are really good. But people talk about them right now as this unstoppable force and half the time I feel like going. I don't know. Maybe they are. But so you know, their last three they lost. They they beat San Diego one hundred six to sixty nine. They they beat St Mary's by eighteen. So that was the the that was the game one. I was watching. That was the nail biter. Beat San Francisco by thirty nine. Um, they did only beat BYU by 11, but they beat Pacific by 18. They beat Pepperdine by uh, 22. They beat San Diego by 28 yeah, yeah. Pacific Pacific by 36. No, excuse me. 46. I mean, it's just Pacific like, couldn't get it going that game. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it. Pacific had a bunch right. of wide open looks, just yeah. couldn't get anything to fall. It was really that spurt right before halftime. That yeah. Did them in. They, they had cut it to 24 and then Gonzaga <laughs> went on this crazy 12 run. Corey. And that was that. And that, that was the moment I turned to Christy and I said, they got to get out of this half. They got to get out of this half right now. I, I would not keep call it, that time keep out. It, keep it under you 30. Know, you got to get you got to get off the floor here and regroup, guys. And I'll be honest, that's disappointed me a lot about Pacific this year is they can't withstand these runs from anyone, no. especially Gonzaga. It's just they they melt. They're in the corner but, waiting for the bell to ring and you're going, yeah, guys, you got to counterpunch. You got to fight out. You got to fight out of this. You got to fight your way out of the corner. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour, and as we do, it's been an all Florida State basketball hour. And I like this time of year as we begin to segue from, uh, obviously, football. And we do have spring football coming up, and I imagine on the next Seminole Headlines we'll start hitting that hard. I know you guys on Warchant.com did the – wide receiver preview group there and and what they've got coming back and what they can be excited about and not tell you what it kind of depressed me guys i don't want you to do those series anymore uh when you when you preview each segment it's a reminder of how bad the segments are and i wish you would stop doing it i don't know if you hate florida state or if this is just like you think it's funny (laughs) but every time i click on one because you're my friends and i appreciate your insight as well i go let's, let's see what they had to say about that 
And it's just all, look at these sorry asses. Look at all these suck asses they've got coming back. That guy's got two catches. There you go. And that's that's what it reads to me. So just stop doing them. Hope springs eternal, Jeff. <laughs> Hope springs eternal. This is a new year. I don't know if you realize the calendar's changed. It has. 2021. Yes, and yeah. uh, it's a whole new ball game. Well, you know, I think there's uh, some other position profiles. Gene's got the offensive line coming up. We'll, I'll post that probably today. There's some okay. reason for encouragement yeah. there, especially right. if they go out and get a transfer offensive tackle, which I think a lot of people are hoping. And then, um, yeah, then we'll then we'll move over to the defense, Jeff. Oh, I can't then wait we'll... <laughs> for that, Ira. Boy, that's gonna come out like gangbusters. Woo! Do well, two a week. I, you know, I was thinking about. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about Adam Fuller and the defense, and like we started kind of going through the machinations of, well, maybe this wasn't his fault. Maybe this wasn't. And, and you kind of go through that whole thing. And it's like, does it really matter right now? Like whether you are convinced he's not the answer or whether you think, man, he got a rough deal. Those kids yeah. weren't bought in. They were checked out, whatever it is, we're going to know in by October, you know, and then, and then it's going to be done. Like it's either, they get these. I'm going to know by the second quarter of the Notre Dame game. <laughs> like, if it looks like anything at all, like we saw, oh, that guy, the tight end's wide open. Right? That's not good. Oh, that was Wait. a 60 yard run. Oh, there's nobody in the picture for that one. Oh, the slot receiver ran a slant, and our safety's playing 30 yards downfield and knocked yeah. him up. Just let him walk right into the end zone. I think we could, if we start seeing the same stuff right away early, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be like dead coach walking. It's going to be a slow death march to Norvell. Like, because it, you, the, the tone around the program will be so bad and, and I don't want to say toxic, but it'll be a, the seat will be incredibly hot. And every time they give up a touchdown, it's going to be another, there goes Fuller again. It's just not going to be a good vibe if they don't start strong. Now they don't have to, they don't just shut Notre Dame out. By the way, if they did though, <laughs> If they shut Notre Dame out, I think we're all back on the Fuller train, hey, right? Corey, Corey, it's funny when you said they don't have to shut Notre Dame out. I was like, oh, that's nice of you to give a little wiggle room there. To give them, you know, shutouts aren't necessary, Adam. 14, 17 points. Oh, no, no, look, I wouldn't, I'm not looking for double digits. Yeah. If you, can hold, you can give up a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Or three field goals. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like if they, if they just look, again, like they're coached, like they're coordinated, like they're playing hard, like they're all that stuff could matter. Like they have a clue what one yeah. side, what one hand is doing, what what the other is doing, right? I mean, I they just weren't coordinated last year at no point, and it's just a bare bones definition of what you do. Coordinating the defense, no coordination last year, brutal to watch. But I'm not that impatient guy that says he can't get it done. He could get it done. Personnel wasn't great last year. And the guys that he was counting on to play well for him last year just didn't bother to show up. I mean, the defensive line we thought might be decent. They played well and they played well for a half in one game. That that's it. They were freaking awful. And now they're all gone. And I'm glad. It was awful. It was embarrassing. I mean, we thought Durden would be good. He wasn't. Marvin Wilson went from being in great shape when we interviewed him before the start of spring practice. COVID shut things down. He comes back. He can't play seven snaps in the Georgia Tech game because he's exhausted. It was ridiculous. And then they haven't had a rush in forever. And we, I don't want to go on and attack kids, but it just. So, oh, for the days of Brian Burns. Am I right, guys? <laughs> so, so, so what we're saying, though, is, again, what last season did, in the one hand, it's, it's, it's fair to say that it was not 
it's it was fair to say it was not fair maybe to necessarily judge 100% based on what we saw last season because there were a lot of mitigating factors yes but but this there's you know there's just no excuses at this point assuming yeah. everything assuming you have a full spring assuming you've got these transfers in you've got guys that have played in the SEC uh, some of them have been like impact players in the SEC in the defensive line and Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas and the safety from South Carolina. These are guys that have made plays in college football at a high level. If they come in and this group looks anything like it did, then it's like there's not even there's not even a discussion anymore. It's like, a, okay, when are you going to make a change? All right, when you're talking right then, are you looking are you looking at the camera or are you looking right at me? Because it looks like you're staring right at me. So I have, uh, you know, you know the camera I've got, that round camera thing with yeah. the light. So it's over there. I look at that. I don't look at the screen. I look at that thing. So I'm because looking I right always look at this. I always look at you. I never look at the camera. I look at you. But I guess that looks pretty stupid. Well, and the you're fine though, because we're not putting this on YouTube, the video. <laughs> so you're you're fine. I probably I don't need to do this. I'm a little extra. This is a little extra. That's what you're a sweat, is the kids like to say, right? Yeah, the kids will call everybody a sweat. Yeah. Does it upset you that I do these naked? No, No, that's the best part. I was weird the one time you had your shirt on. I'm like, what's going on? Is everything okay? Is he getting, is he starting to feel I just didn't know if that was distracting or if that's the way you liked it. No, me and I have actually had a a long text exchange about it because at first we were a wait, we were put off a lot. A little taken back? Hey, on that topic. So, our good friend Tom Segura, who yeah. people may not realize is a big FSU fan and is a guy we've we've gotten to know. Comedian, great comedian. Well, they know that, but but they all, they may well, not. Not everybody knows well, that, you know. But he's you, podcast you, host, comedian, really yeah. rich now, I guess. Um. Anyway, great guy. But he and Burt Kreischer, another an FSU guy as well, FSU yep. alum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're out of control with the nudity now. They're always like, naked. Burt's it, naked in the it, shower every <laughs> time they shoot a video. And it's so. Where where are we with that? Because I don't I don't want like I love Tom and I want to like his content and share his content, but I, I got a family Twitter feed. I can't be sharing <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Where are you guys at with that? I don't have a family Twitter feed, and I also don't feed my Twitter feed as much as as some other guys, just because I've kind of soured on it. I don't like the people of Twitter all that much. Right. A lot of a lot of negativity out there, guys. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you recognize that Twitter um, can be a little negative from time. Unlo- Unlike Facebook, which it doesn't, is, and I, and I don't do that either. Uh, so it kind of feels like it's a waste of time. That most of the people kind of suck. Not all the people. Many of my great followers are wonderful people, but it's such a small percentage. So you know, I, but, I don't know. I don't mess but with we, it. We are in the content business, and these yeah. are. This is a friend of ours who's a content creator, sure. and I would like to share his stuff. Corey, I think you're okay. Corey, you see, do you not like and share his his stuff when it's a little more pe- more than PG thirteen? No, I don't, uh, and I'm not. I just don't understand the whole being shirtless, and I, I don't. I don't get it. Uh, and I, I, Jeff, I guess now is the time to tell you this. I don't appreciate it. I, I don't understand why you keep showing up without a shirt on. Um, I mean, it took me till February. We've been doing this almost for a full year, yeah, yeah. and it took me until late February to finally. T- I'm glad you brought this up, Ira, because okay. I, it's just it is off-putting. I don't know if you. I never really feel myself because I don't. A lot of times, your hands aren't visible. And I don't know what's going on, and it's just always very uncomfortable. Well, next time I'll wear a shirt, but I will not have the bottoms on if that works. I could do chapless, like the ass chaps thing, and I'll wear that, but with, oh. but with a shirt. But with a shirt. Oh. Well, did look, man, if you're gonna wear chaps, then we're fine. Did I didn't your know guy, that was on the table. Did your guys' dads? I know uh, Jeff. You can answer in the present oh, tense. Boy. We yeah, cannot. He's alive and well. We cannot. 
But uh, my dad was constantly walking around with no shirt on. Did your guy? Did your guys' dad dads do that? So my dad, my dad, he would have parties at his house, and he, until the day he died, he wore he wore tidy whities Till the day he died, tidy whities and he'd have a party at his house. He'd drink. He wouldn't get crazy drunk. He'd get normal amounts of drunk, but he'd take an Ambien. What? He'd take an Ambien to go to sleep. He thought he needed an Ambien to go to sleep. So we're all still at his house watching TV or drinking out on his deck at 2 in the morning. And all of a sudden, we see my dad walk down in the kitchen in nothing but underwear. And there's 15 of us, men, women, all of all ages, in his underwear, scratching, you know, scratching himself, not knowing we're there, cooking up eggs, leaving them in the frying pan. And then going back up to bed. Oh, good lord! But here's the thing about John Clark, though, is like John Clark's the guy who could be the dirty old man to the waitresses and all that, and like they, it just makes him more adorable. Like, so there was not like, like if my dad had done that, people would have been like, "What the hell's wrong with Herb?" Yeah. Like, but my dad was not lovable. Yeah, there was like, an it was an endearing quality to my dad. He was lovable, but yeah, he he always he he would walk around without. Not just shirt, but no pants either. Just in mixed company because that Ambien, I've never taken Ambien, but apparently it, it can screw with you. Yeah. Especially if you've had a few beforehand. But <laughs> it was crazy. It was like a walk, it was like Frankenstein. He wasn't there. I said, like, Dad, well. And his eyes, you could just see in his eyes. They were like shark eyes. He didn't he wasn't listening. I would have to like shove him back up the stairs to go back to go bed. Go back to bed, Dad. There are people littered throughout the house watching you cook eggs you're not gonna eat in your underwear. Yeah, no, my dad, until I was about, I don't know, 12, 13, yeah, would frequently walk around with no shirt on. He had pants on, however, Corey, but he uh, he, would, he wouldn't wear a shirt. And then somewhere along the way, he was told, why don't you put a shirt on? Why, why, don't, you, why don't you put a shirt on? And yeah, I so my kids are 13 and 10. And if I'm chilling on a, uh, you know, a Saturday watching a little football, I may start the day without a shirt, but usually by lunchtime. I got the shirt on. I got the okay. shirt on. Yes. Yeah, so, well, lunchtime. Ira, you sit around without a shirt it's, on a lot? It's like, that's the thing. Like, even if I was in good shape, I don't think it would ever cross It would ever cross my mind. Like, I just don't get the idea. But you got three girls. I got two boys. I guess, man. I yeah, guess. but when you were 22, you probably weren't going shirtless a lot. No, never. I've never in my life. I've never, I, even when I was a kid, like, I, unless we were at the pool, I just never, these people that, like, uh, I've got, I've had neighbors through the years who don't have the best physiques, <laughs> but are fine going out there. And just Dude, shorts. I'm telling you, there's not, I wish all cornerbacks should have the confidence of like the 46 year old fat dad that goes shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy. The confidence, like I wish Brady on a basketball court had that kind of confidence. Like I'm in relatively decent shape for my age. I would never dream about being outside mowing the lawn shirtless. No, I've never, I've never mowed the lawn. But shirtless what's with either. the 280, the guys that are 280, yeah. No, with the beer guts, like everybody life. needs to see this. They've given up on life, man. At that point, it's just like I don't care. I know I'm not going to be here much longer. It doesn't really matter. Well, what's just, the benefit? Are we getting some sun? Like, uh, what's the benefit? It, it makes them just, feel better. They just feel better. They're not restricted by the damn shirt. Yeah, the cotton. These societal norms. <laughs> Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. 